Today I'm excited about this message and series on faith, so um, let's open our hearts and minds. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, um, man, you are far from done. You are far from done. And so, Lord, we thank you for the health of the church in Australia. We thank you for the size of the church in Australia. And we thank you that, Lord, you are far from done, and you're far from done in our lives. Whether we're running from you or just standing still or running to you, Lord, you are always running towards us. You're always waiting for us. You're always pursuing us. You're always looking for us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds this morning to hear your word. And, Lord, actually, I, I, I just pray this. You'd open our ears to hear how easy it is to follow you. The enemy would say it's hard. But, Lord, I believe that it's easy if we just look to you, if we just connect with you, have a relationship with you, and just follow each step at a time what you say. So, Lord, what we hear today, may we be like the man who built his house on the rock and put it into practice and see the fruit before Wednesday in Jesus' name. Amen. You sound like you should be preaching. Not quite. Not quite. Hey, on your seats today, you've got a handout. You can fill in the gaps, draw pictures, write notes of what God's saying to you. Um, through this message, because what I say and what you actually hear from God might be two different things. And I'm okay with that because I'd rather you hear from God and then hear from me anyway. Anyone okay with that? Yes, me too. What happens when we have faith? What happens when we have faith? Now this, Andrew already talked about it. This is part of our Daring Faith series that we're launching into. It's a series put out by Rick Warren's church. Uh, So there's Bible studies. There's all kinds of things we can do. We're actually having some of the uh, sermons. So a lot of the things I'm um, bringing today uh, from Rick Warren's sermon series. So uh, if you actually find it online, you'll know why it's a little bit similar. I am using that. So faith. Faith is, well, let me first of all start what faith isn't. Okay, let's start about what it isn't first. Um, We can wish for something, we can hope for something, we can sincerely desire something, but faith is not desire, right? I could have some broccoli sitting right here. And I could say, all I want that that's chocolate, but I tell you what, that's not going to be chocolate, is it? You know, God might actually pull a miracle out and change it into chocolate. I don't think he will because that's not in my best interest, is it, to have chocolate over broccoli. We need our broccoli, right? We need broccoli. Okay, so faith is not pretending that something is true when it isn't true. Okay, we're not about pretending that something is true when it isn't. Faith is not a feeling, Oh, sit with that one for a moment. Faith is not a feeling, and faith is not bargaining with God. How often do we like to do that, don't we? Oh, just believe this, God, if you do this for me. It's not bargaining. So what is faith? Faith is a way of seeing. It's having God's perspective. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. There's your first little gap. You want to write that in? Gay faith is seeing from God's point of view. Now, I've got some pictures the guy's going to put up for me. Uh, these are, are really fun. Have a look at this picture when it comes up. All right, can anyone see a number there? What number can you see? Three, there's an eight, someone else. What about five? Uh, it depends. All right, let me tell you that this picture is, if you've got normal color vision, you should be able to see a three. 
Everyone feeling okay? All right, let's look at the next one. Now, if you had a partial color blindness, you'd be able to see a five. That's what someone with a partial color blindness, if they looked at that first picture, they'd be seeing that, uh, that five. And next picture, if you're pretty color blind, you're going to be seeing that. Not a lot of, you know, hopefully we can all see gray. Is that all good? All right, so let's look at all three together. That's progression from um, perfect vision to losing parts of that. Yeah, great. That's right. So if you're looking at the first one and it looks like the other ones, there's a problem. You might want to need to go see an optometrist. All right, let's go look at the next, the next slide. Uh, what about animals? What can they see when they look? Now, this is a human's eyesight. That's what we see, unless you've got glasses in the side and short side. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that, but a normal human eyesight would look in this picture and see that. Okay, let's look at the next one. Do you know what animal looks at it like that? That's a cat's vision. The sharpness of these pictures, that's the cat's one. The next one is this is what a goldfish can see. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's why they're so happy to see you when you get close to their tank, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's water or not, but, you know, that's apparently how sharp their vision is. Uh, this explains a few things. This is a rat's vision, the next one. That's why they run. Hey? <laughs> the next one is a fly. Now you know why they run into windows. The sharpness of their vision. Now they've got other ways that they can see, but that's the sharpness. And the last one is a mosquito. I actually, I think we might have skipped one. The mosquito was probably the last one. And that's why these guys are always hitting into windows. You know, they land on skin and go, woohoo, finally, we've found something. Um, very cool. So what's our point of view? How do we see things? How do we see things? Now, I've got with me today some wonderful glasses. The height of awesomeness are these ones because are we looking at our life with fear or with faith? How are we looking at our life? Are we looking with fear or with faith? Now, they can't exist at the same time. I can't look through both of these lenses at the same time because it's not going to work. Because I'm either going to have fear or I'm going to have faith. We're either looking with fear or faith. Now, a good example of this is in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers. And it's a book that's not read very much by people, but it's a great story in chapters 13 and 14 of how fear and faith can actually make a huge difference. Now, what had happened was Moses had led the people out of Egypt. Pharaoh had been defeated. You know, all these people had died in the Red Sea. They crossed over and they've got through and they were heading towards the promised land. And they just got to a place called, I think it's Kadesh, and they're standing at the banks ready to cross over into this promised land. And Moses said to them, all right, before we go in, I'm going to send some spies in just to scope out the place and see what we've got coming over there. Okay, God had promised the land to them, and they're waiting. It had taken them like two years to get from Egypt to this point. And I kind of go, well, I reckon we could have walked that faster. But there was like two million people in that group. So you try getting, my family of six takes forever to get out of the house. I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like to get two and a half million people from one country to another. So let's give them a bit of grace for their two years. But they get to here and they're looking and the spies go into the land. They check it out and they look around and, and they see and they come back. 
to the people with their reports of what they saw. And 10 people said, this is too hard, they're going to kill us. Two people said, it is amazing, it's exactly what God said it was going to be like, let's go have it. And because they failed to see with the eyes of faith, everyone listened to the 10 guys with the bad news. How often do we listen to the bad news? How often do we listen to the conspiracy theories? How often do we listen to the things that are not true and noble? Because they listened to the bad news, an entire generation missed out on walking into that promised land because they wouldn't hear it. What lens do you have on? Fear, it's too hard, or faith? God said it, it's going to happen. All right, number one on our sheets. What happens when we see with eyes of fear? Number one, we exaggerate our difficulties. We've got our lenses on, we're living in fear, and we exaggerate our difficulties. You know, God had just delivered them from Egypt, the most powerful nation in the whole world. And now all of a sudden they're worried about the local tribe. When we look at our problems with eyes of fear, our problems get bigger. They get exaggerated. They said in the negative report, well, sure, it's a magnificent land, but, well, sure, God wants to bless me, but... Does he really know what's going on in my life right now? Well, sure, God's for me, but does he know what that person really did to me? Do you know, it's ironic that 30 years late, 38 years later, after they'd wandered around in the desert, they finally crossed over into this promised land. The people in the land said, do you know, we've been scared of you guys for 40 years. We've heard what God did, what your God did in Egypt, and we've been terrified waiting for you to come in and take our land. It was right there. It was right there. Second thing we do when we have the eyes of fear is we underestimate our own abilities. Numbers 33:13 says, We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. They're saying we might as well be insects. We can't do that. Now let's stop here for a minute because in our lives, someone has said something or you've overheard something about you that someone has said and it has completely stunted you moving forward. Because in your mind you're saying, I can't do that because of what that person said. And you know, that person might not even be in your life anymore. They might even not be alive anymore. Yet that is still holding you back from stepping forward. You're not in Egypt anymore. Don't believe their lies. Now, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you are stronger than you think you are. You are braver than you think you are. Your God is more magnificent than you know him to be right now. Let's just open our eyes of faith and step into that life. You're not the same person anymore. So stop underestimating the creation that God is making in you. Jesus died to redeem. So 
We underestimate our own abilities. Number three, we get discouraged. Numbers 14.1, this sounds like my kids sometimes. They just started weeping aloud. <laughs> they carried on all night. And I feel like sometimes they carry on all night. Oh, my goodness. Carry on. They had the giant pity party. Poor us. Poor us. <laughs> Poor me. How could they do that? My life's in ruins. Anyone have a pity party for themselves? Just me? Oh, yeah, they're right. They're good. We pity party, don't we? Sometimes we enjoy it, you know. Woe is me, you know, so hard. Number four, after we get discouraged, we start to gripe about all of our lives and everything that's going wrong in our life. So the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They picked on the leaders. Any leaders get picked on sometimes? It does happen. It does happen. Yes. They wailed. I wish we had have died in Egypt. <laughs> I wish we had have died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. It's a bit sad, isn't it? And eventually we give up and we blame God. That's number five. Eventually we give up and we blame God. 14, Numbers 14.3, they said, Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to be killed with swords? We'd be better off going back to Egypt. Do I... God's not stopping them. God isn't stopping them. It's their fear that's holding them back. All of a sudden, they're remembering the good old days in Egypt. What good old days? 400 years of slavery. And they want to go back to that instead of crossing over into this promised land. Now, it's easy to judge these guys, but my goodness, how often do we do that? God's saying, I have a new future for you. And you're saying, but I want my old habits. They make me feel comfortable. I know where to run and hide when things get tough. I'm just going to go back to Egypt. Where's Egypt? Where is your Egypt? Where is your Egypt? So that's what happens when we live out of fear. That's not an exhaustive list, but it's an exhausting list. Makes me feel tired. How about you? You feel a bit tired about that? Yeah, it's exhausting. So what do we do when we have the eyes of faith? What do we do when we lift up our lens and we start looking with eyes of faith? How does that work? When I begin to look at things from God's viewpoint, it shrinks my problem. That's number one. Faith shrinks my problem. Faith shrinks my problem. If we have a big God, our problems get small. If our God is small, our problems are big. So if your problems are looking massive today, maybe it's because your God is too small. Maybe it's because our God is too small. Luke 1.37 says, Jesus said, for nothing is impossible with God. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. 
Mark 11.22 says, Jesus said, Have faith in God. If you have faith in God and don't doubt, you can tell this mountain to get up and jump into the sea. And it would. Whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if only you have the faith. What's a mountain in your life? What's that thing that just won't move? No matter how much you you look at it, you talk about it, you pray about it, what's the thing? Maybe today is the day that that mountain's going to jump into the sea because my God is in the mountain moving business. Let's have faith because faith opens the door for a miracle. God can change hearts, minds and lives in an instant. He can heal bodies and memories and we need to work with him, work with his will in faith. Number three, faith unlocks all the promises of God. Do you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000. 7,000. That's amazing. If you want to be a person of faith, a man of faith, a woman of faith, get into the promises of God. Get into those promises. Become a promised person. Memorize them so we can claim them when life gets tough. What are the promises of God? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Everything will work out for good. You are a new creation. God will rescue you and protect you. Anyone receiving that today? Who needs some of these promises? I need the promises. By his wounds, I am healed. God is near. He has plans to prosper me. He has given me a hope and a future. There is no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus. Oh, receive that one. You will be blessed. Victory is ours through Christ who loves us. My trials have purpose. You need to hear that today because... The hard times, the testing produces perseverance, and that makes me mature and complete. Anyone need to maturity and completeness? That's why the hard things are there, because we need to learn perseverance. Oh, please, God, I just want to learn it now. (laughs) Uh, He comforts me. His grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in my weakness. It's okay to feel weak, because that's when God shows up and does his thing. Live that, live that, and he will give me rest. All right, let's, let's learn some promises. Go find some promises. That's why we sing. How good is it to sing today? Singing, because we're singing out the promises of God. We're singing the promises. Find some great songs with the promises of God in them and sing them, because sure enough, they'll become part of your self-talk. You know, God loves me. He's for me. He's not against me. Sing the blessing. My children and their children will be blessed. You know, I want to claim that in Jesus' name. Number four, faith turns God-given dreams into reality. The Bible is full of people that had a dream. Abraham dreamed of being a father of many. Moses dreamed of setting his people free. Joseph dreamed of saving the nation and his own family. Daniel, Paul, David, they all had a dream. All kinds of people, they're inspired dreamers. 
Ephesians 3.20 says, Glory be to God, who by his mighty power work within us is able to do far more than would ever dare or ask or even imagine. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires, our thoughts and our hopes. Imagine that. Your greatest dream isn't the greatest dream. There's more. How cool is that? How amazing that we haven't even got to the pinnacle of our dreams yet. God has more for us than we could even hope or imagine. I want my mind to be submitted to Christ so I can see his dreams for my life. Imagine if we get to heaven and we find out that we could have done so much more and had so much more and influenced so much more if we had have asked for more. I wonder how many of us would be disappointed that we didn't go for broke while we were alive. That's the faith factor. We don't want to live in mediocrity. We want to live a life of faith. Faith stepping into what I can't see, but I trust the God who can. Number five, last one. Faith gives me power to hold on in tough times. I feel like this one almost needs to be a sermon on its own because we all have tough times, don't we? No one's immune No one goes through life with a whole string of successes. Even the people on Facebook that make it look like they got it all together, they don't. You know what? Faith doesn't take away the pain. Faith doesn't make it all magically go away. But it gives me the ability to handle it. Do you know there's been study after study done that's showing that kids, one of the characteristics that kids need to learn the most is resilience. And one of the characteristics that we need to get through life the most is resilience. Resilience. The ability to hold on and bounce back. I love 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 because, you know, some days it's just like this. Let me read it. We are pushed hard from all sides, but we're not beaten down. We're bewildered. Anyone live bewildered sometimes? Yeah, I live bewildered sometimes. We're bewildered. But that doesn't make us lose hope. Others make us suffer. But God does not desert us. We are knocked down, but we are not knocked out. Amen. How do you get resilience like that? That's faith. It's faith. I want to be resilient. I want to, no matter what life hits at me, how hard it gets that I can say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Because I have a God that I trust above the turmoil of this world. Now, do you see why we need to work on strengthening our faith? Probably more than anything else. We need faith. I'm excited because this sermon today is just the beginning of all the different ways we're going to work on our faith over the next few weeks. 
And there's so much more in it. It's a massive, massive topic of ways and tools that we can have to grow in our faith. This week I um, cleaned out my shoes. Anyone clean out their shoes? No, me either. I don't normally do that kind of thing. Does anyone know how many pairs of shoes they own? Damien knows. How many? Eight pairs. That's a pretty decent number, Ken. You own one pair of shoes. Well, that's easy to look after. Four pairs. All right. Six. I'm not even... I don't, I don't even want to tell you guys anymore. This illustration's over. <laughs> 30. Okay, well, so I thought I had a pretty decent number of shoes because, you know, I, I buy them and they start to get a little bit, like, worn out and I find some other ones and you kind of just kick them under the bed a bit or in the back of the cupboard. Don't really, I, have, I don't think I've ever gone through all my shoes, sorted them out, chucked them out and, you know, been ruthless about it. So... I thought while I was pulling them all out, I probably should count them, hey. I had 43 pairs of shoes. <laughs> you don't even know where to go next with this, do you? Me either. <laughs> 43 pairs of shoes. Why? Why does someone have that many shoes? And I got thinking about it. Why do I have that many shoes? That is, that is the right question. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not really good at chucking things out. If someone, something works, I keep it until I have no reason to have it any longer. I have this very strong, strong value that you don't throw things out if they still work. Okay? My other thing is, if it's broken, I can probably fix it. And I do. My shoes have been glued, screwed back together so many times because I like those shoes. I don't want to give them up. And that's what happens to my shoes. Well, you're hearing everything today. This is Melissa's therapy session for my shoes. <laughs> but you know why else? I'm scared I won't get shoes that I like as much. And those shoes have just piled up in my room so much that I had to go in and do a desperate cull through them. And a lot of them went into the bin. Got a whole pile to go down the family store. And it's still a lot, I know, after hearing of your numbers of shoes today. I have 18 pairs of shoes that I'm keeping as my own, which I know you're still going to laugh at, but that's, that's a manageable number of shoes for my life. And I still only wear the same one pair, I know. But <laughs> just in case, just in case. Am I living in faith or fear? What am I hoarding? Am I, that's just the outworking in shoes. If I want to be ruthlessly looking through my life, what else am I doing because I'm living in fear? And what do I need to let go of so I can live free as a person of faith? Maybe today that's what we need to do, an inventory of our life. Fear or faith? Fear or faith? Now this looks good on the outside, but what's going on on the inside? What lens do I have on? Oh, it's all easy to say that you've got faith. It's all easy to make it look like you've got faith when we're at church. When it boils down to every day, am I living in fear and control or am I living in faith? Do I need to take this fear lens off 
and leave it at Jesus' feet. Because he loves you in your weakness and mess. He loves you while you're trying to hold it all together. He loves you. You don't need to be afraid of Jesus. And more than anything, he wants you to invite him into that space of fear so he can give you a world of faith. It's time to dream again. Ben's going to play. Now I invite you. You can do a million different things today. You can even just sit there and pretend that today hasn't happened. I invite you just to sit and listen to that voice of God in your life saying, why are you holding on to stuff? Whether it's physical stuff, whether it's emotional baggage, whether it's, it's a, a past grudge, why are you holding on to that? What could happen in your life if you have faith instead of fear? Let's come before Jesus today. Let's ask him to investigate our lives, our hearts, our minds. If you need to come to the mercy seat to pray, you need to ask someone to pray with you, you're welcome to do that. Don't shut out what God is trying to say to you right now because it might be deep work happening today in your life. Let him in. Don't be scared. Don't live in fear.